Welcome to the CSB Collaborative. My name is Carrie Wilkinson, Vice President of Lending here at Community Savings Bank, and I'm excited to host this episode of CSB Collaborative. Today, I'm happy to have with me Mo Nasradin here with us to talk about his growing businesses and his unique story of how he got started. Mo, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited about this. Wonderful. So to start off, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in the Iowa City, Cedar Rapids area, all the way from Sudan. (laughs) Well, so uh, people call me a serial entrepreneur, which is a title that was given by others. I have never thought of myself that way. Um, I originally uh, moved from Sudan, and it wasn't by choice on my end because I was only 10, but our family ended up moving because, as we all know, Sudan had had a lot of wars, and we were fighting the uh, government oppression side. My father was. So because of that, him and actually a lot of people that are currently located in Iowa City had originally moved from Sudan because he was a lawyer then and would help a lot of them get here. Um, So we moved to free ourselves from the government oppression. And I'm glad we did because it created so much opportunity. And what I got to learn by being here has changed my mentality and the way I see life. And the good thing is I brought the culture back with me is, is you guys see in Cedar Rapids, Iowa City area, there's a lot of a lot of cultures and, and being able to see where I came from and how my culture has impacted me while I was here has only been a positive. So I'm now here and I do love it. And I'll say I hate the snow, right? <laughs> I was not used to the snow change or the cold. It took me years to actually start using. I, I hate Vaseline and stuff like that, but I had to by being here because you, you chap your lips. So now that we made Iowa City our home when I was 10, I started learning. I made a lot of American friends where I still kept the culture and was able to balance both of them as a balancing act. And it worked really, really well because I saw the American viewpoint of life and I still had the Sudanese background of life. And I luckily got to use the best of both worlds. And going forward, I would say the best part about having made that move is that I kept my history, but at the same time, I built a new opportunity by learning the American lifestyle and using it to the best of our advantage as I could. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. And uh, speaking of, you hate the snow. Sounds like you're going to have to deal with some here coming up shortly. I saw that. (laughs) Oh, not excited. Not excited. So, Mo, as I've gotten to know you, um, you seem to be a very successful entrepreneur. Um, You have companies that specialize in things like packaging, tech, web design, construction, cryptocurrency mining, and my personal favorite is the Keto Kitchen. While I wish we had enough time to talk about all of your ventures, Um, We will have to save the others for a later episode. But can you tell our listeners a little bit about what the Keto Kitchen is all about? Deal, and I really appreciate the way you said that. Thank you. Um, The Keto Kitchen is not only one of my businesses, but it is my biggest passion. And a quick background story of how that came to be. I had been running these businesses, originally the tech and the web one, which is TKI when Esper Creations, and I was doing that um, about 12 years when we had started the tech one. Five years later, we got the web one, but I was just running those two, and they were my passion and also my job. And when I had turned about 28, it had got to be too much because I was working a full-time job to be able to take care of the businesses where I just wouldn't pay myself, and that's how I take 
took care of my life, but I cared so much about the businesses and the value they were bringing to the customers that I just kept working. Well, at 28, it got to be too much and I had become extremely overweight and I was very depressed, anxious, you know, you know, the standard things that plague a lot of us Americans. And from that, I realized I needed to change. Something had to change. And I wasn't sure what at that time. I did not mind that I was overweight. I, I honestly, my dad uh, died when I was 21 from being overweight and diabetes. And I believed that that was going to be my same path. There was nothing I could do because when I was 14, I played football. I tried running. I exercised. I did everything I was told by every doctor on how to lose weight. And no matter how much I did, I was just more miserable. I knew I had to do something. At 28, what pushed me to make that change was the health was deteriorating. My doctor told me I was becoming pre-diabetic and I saw my father's future. And I was like, look, I can either just believe it's going to happen or I can figure something out. And my original plan was just to work out more. And I did that for a couple of months, but it only made it worse. And I had only lost like five pounds in two months. That's sustainable. It sucked. I hated it. And I'm also, uh, personally, I hate going to the gym. You know, I I just (laughs) want to put that out there. Like people are like, oh, you know, you're healthy now from it. And you you go to the gym and you love it. No, I still dread going to the gym. Mm -hmm. I do it because it feels good now. Not because I have to anymore, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. Before, I did it because I had to. And that sucked. So... Uh, November of the year that I was 28, which was 2019, nope, 2018, I had realized it was, uh, this wasn't working. And I worked at AT&T, like I said at the time, and one of my coworkers, uh, coworker Sean, uh, had brought up this keto diet thing. And I was like, this is a fad, you're an idiot. I'm not doing any diet. There's no such thing. I would never, and, and I never try to diet. I'm just not a restrictive eater. I am a Sudanese man, and all we eat is sugar and bread. And I was now being told by this crazy kid to not eat those things, mm-hmm. which made no sense to me or my family. So... I went heavy into researching it and I started waking up really early because I just, I knew I had to save my, nobody was going to save me. Right. And people need to understand that no one is out to save you. People are out to help you, but you have to save yourself. So So true. I started studying keto and I would do it every day for four hours in the morning before I went to work and I'm a little OCD. So I made like my own little personal booklet and I would try to find people contradicting themselves about it Mm -hmm. because the more contradictions I found, I could prove that this was stupid and I didn't have to do something like this. Mm -hmm. Well, I couldn't figure it out. And January 27th, I had realized it was time to make the leap. And I basically told myself, if I'm going to walk down this dark road of no carbohydrates or sugar or <laughs> bread or sweets. I had to be committed. And what really sold me was some of the people I did see on YouTube who had been doing it for years, and I only found a couple. They looked healthier and younger as they grew older. And when I had seen my mother, she was 60 at the time, and she looked like she was 90. And again, I just assumed it's my DNA. I'm going to end up the same way. You know, I'm going to die like my dad did, same early age. And I took the leap. January 27th, I went in all the way. I started uh, making a list of exactly what I was going to eat in the morning. And I broke down my day and schedule. Mm -hmm. I would have two meals. And it was all keto meals, fully strict, healthy keto. And it was hard at first because I don't know how to cook. I still don't know how to cook. But I had to do, I had to figure it out. So some days when there was nobody there to help me make food or wifey was gone, I would actually just like 
hard boiled eggs with hot sauce. It was nasty, but it worked. You know, it got me somewhere. Mm -hmm. And three months into it, I was down about 50 pounds. And the weight coming off was the biggest bonus because what really, really changed my mentality on it was my depression was leaving. My anxiety was gone. And I used to have really bad eczema and asthma. And I started noticing it was going away. I don't know if it was because of the keto or it was maybe because of the losing weight mm -hmm. and getting healthier. So, so the side effects kind of worked to my advantage there. But at the end of the day, what got me to that position was eating this healthier lifestyle. And in six months, I had totaled about 110 pounds or so of wow. loss. And dude, there were some nights I would get on the scale because I, I would weigh myself every day at 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. And I'm a I'm a I'm a uh, stats nut, and I have a Fitbit, and I've worn a Fitbit for 12 years or <laughs> nine years. So I've got stats. Wow. Anyone, you can see mm -hmm. my whole college journey of weight, and basically, um, I realized that this was the best thing for me, and I'm going to stick to it. Um, about three months later, I uh, wanted candy because it's been about nine months since I had sugar. Mm -hmm. You guys, like I hadn't even had an M&M, a cookie, like nothing. Wow, and that's dedication. I It was dedication to save myself, yeah. right? And it was the only thing working. And it was so working so fast that there was no reason to stop. Right. So I basically was at AT&T one day and I was like, I got to figure out some sort of candy. I can't do this forever. And that's the hardest part about, you know, I hear that a lot. Keto is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? I mean, again, back then it wasn't a business or anything like that. It was for me. And it, it was. I've always just kind of done it to help me originally well i went to target and i bought all of their cacao that was the lowest carb i could find mm -hmm. so i could still like try and i get, got back to at&t i sat down on my little break i opened the first bar i took a bite i spit it out i was like you know there's still two more bars let's try this i tried the second bar i spit it out i tried the third bar i spit it out and then i just started crying and one of my room, one of my guys comes in from work. He goes, you know, what are you crying for? And I'm like, bro, because my life's about to suck. Because I knew <laughs> I wasn't going back. Right. right. There was no way I was turning back right. to go backwards on the road. I'm already in this dark path. I'm just never going to have candy again. And that's what went through my head that day. And I, and I cried because I'm a huge sweets fanatic. Those nine months were crappy uh, because I couldn't eat sweets. But the benefits were so crazy. I didn't even think about it. Right. So I got home. I have a friend named Jacob. He actually runs the kitchen with me. And I go, hey, man, this sucks. I don't think I'm going to do this forever. And he, he wasn't doing it. And he was just helping me with the food because he worked at the tech shop with me. And he could while I was working at AT&T. So I cried to him about it. And he goes, man, leave me a thousand bucks. Okay. And, and let me play, you know, get somebody to cover my shift for the next week. And I got you. And I was like, dude, what? Okay. What do you mean? Like, what do you, can you do? So he started researching uh, fat bombs and the first couple of days, like I came back home from work, you'd have a bunch of little sample options. And I started trying, I was like, holy crap, this is chocolate. Like this is mm -hmm. delicious. And after those seven days, we had found the perfect recipe that still allowed for perfect ketosis because all I cared about was staying in ketosis. The longer I stayed in ketosis, the more weight loss happened and the better my mind was feeling and the less problems I had physically or mentally. So is that how then kind of the start of Keto Kitchen? That was Kitchen? our first product. And okay. we actually, uh, we, we made it. I went to the Entrepreneurial Development Center down in Cedar Rapids yep. here. I was, Kurt has always been helpful to me. And I was just telling him the story. And he goes, why don't you sell this? And I go, what do you know what's going to buy this? But nobody does keto. He goes, 
you should try to sell it. I go, I got nothing better to do. So on my hour break at AT AT&T, I would go to Hy-Vee's and start pitching these little fat bombs that me and Jacob had made at home at that beginning Mm -hmm. time. And two Hy-Vee's bought them. So we had to go get a commercial kitchen. And instead of being able to afford one, I had helped the crisis center a lot. And Mm -hmm. they luckily were able to help us using a kitchen kitchen. so we started making these little fat bombs and that was my only candy i was eating for that whole year and so that's the launch of keto kitchen yep it was originally called keto fat bomb wow it was never meant to be a kitchen it was never meant to be a big business or anything it was just meant to be so i could eat chocolate huh that is so cool that is so cool crazy way to start so just listening to you talk i'm guessing this is where you get all your energy um, every time I see you, you are so full of life and energy and positive vibes. And heck, I'd probably have to have, you know, five cups of coffee to have that energy level today. So I'm guessing it's all because of your lifestyle change. And, um, you know, you've dug yourself out of that dark place by doing keto and moving forward with your health. Thank you so much for saying that, because I will tell you back then I didn't. I've always had the happiness where I want to be happy, mm-hmm. but I never had the energy And I was always chugging Starbucks because I had to keep going. Like every day on my way to AT&T, I was stopping by the Starbucks, getting my two drinks because I knew I needed it in a couple of hours. And actually, when I started this lifestyle, I started getting rid of all caffeine and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it just became natural. So I do fully give my energy to the ketones. Quick scientific fact, uh, nine grams of energy come from a ketone where only four grams of energy come from a glucose. So scientifically, right. that's probably what gives me that extra energy. I have to try that. I never thought about it. You know, right? I, I, never thought of it that way. So, <laughs> so obviously then over the years, Keto Kitchen or Keto Fat Bombs has evolved into Keto Kitchen. So tell our listeners, you know, I know you've got some exciting things going on with Keto Kitchen. Tell tell our listeners about that. Well, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll even tell you guys the start of the kitchen itself. So we, we started selling these fat bombs in stores, mm-hmm. not thinking much of it. I was still just running the other companies. And I only had two at that point. But then we started adding the packaging, the crypto And then we started adding the construction. And again, these things were just coming to me because of the healthy lifestyle. I was able to, before, I've I've always worked a lot of hours in the day, you know, but I couldn't max out past 10, Mm -hmm. you know. And, and, And after this healthy lifestyle, within about a year, I started doing about 16 hour day work. And a lot of people thought that was crazy. But honestly, if you enjoy working, it's not work. You're just having fun all day, you know? So I didn't mind. Yes, it made me even more responsible. And because of that, I was able to just continue working. But I enjoyed it. And I was bringing value to people. I was watching customers build their website and they 10x their business. Mm -hmm. And that changing somebody else's life financially, health-wise, or mentally, it... It gave me all the inspiration. It's very satisfying, isn't it? I just keep going, you know? You don't even chase the money. You're now just chasing their happiness. And as you continue to do that, you're bringing value. So... From that, as those other businesses were starting to grow, I um, <laughs> the story is a little deeper than that. My my mom was getting sicker, mm-hmm. and I kept emphasizing. I'm like, look, look at me, and I know it's mean to say, but I would say this. I said, Mom, look at me, and look at my sister, or look at you. Mm-hmm. You're very unhealthy, and we have the same dang DNA, right? Like I, this isn't I. You are not my cousin or my aunt, somebody far away. You are. The, I am using your blood to run, mm-hmm. and my father's blood to run. So at the end of the day. You got to make a change. And and all I kept hearing from her was, this isn't going to, I can't do it. I'm not, you know, I got to eat my bread and sugar. And and 
couple of months into like a couple months after these conversations that I would continuously have. I started having my team, Jacob, go to her house and throw away her sugary food. That didn't work or help, you guys. So finally, one day, she comes to me, and as a joke, she says, start a restaurant or start some way to feed me, and I'll eat your stuff, and then you can leave me alone. I said, oh, okay, good luck. I'll be back. Mm -hmm. And two weeks later, I had found a restaurant location. The guy was super nice, gave us a good deal, and I came and told her about it. And she came back to me and was like, I'm very excited about this. And she invested in it with the little amount of money she had because she was an immigrant and didn't get good job opportunities due to the degree not being in America, which is crazy to think about. But uh, I took that check, and it became my motivation. I went to get investment, and while I was gone, she died. And I came back and I made it my mission to start this and be able to protect others that she wasn't able to because all she was missing was information. Mm -hmm. And we're in the information age thanks to this podcast, the opportunity Mm -hmm. people can be online. You can share that information. So we started it then and uh, we were in Iowa City and now we're coming took the corner we're, we're almost here and everyone is invited there's there's treats there's options so so please stop by hear the story see the mission see the vision and, and see if we can help and tell our listeners where they can find more information about the keto kitchen you can always visit us online at the keto kitchen ia.com if you actually just go to google and type in keto kitchen or seo so good thanks to esper that we are on page one ranked for all of the keto keywords and all the alternative diets that we do service. So please don't hesitate and stop down at 210 uh, 3rd Ave, uh, right next to Gringo's downtown Cedar Rapids in the Armstrong building. Fabulous. Well, personally, I'm going to recommend the lasagna. I know many out there will agree with me as it's out of this world. So, Mo, thanks for being our guest on the first 2023 episode of the CSB Collaborative Podcast. It was great having you here, and I can't wait to get to know you better and work side by side as a partner with you as we move forward through this year. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And and I would like everybody to know my personal favorite is any of the desserts. A lot of them have chocolate. So, you know, now now my cravings are satisfied. I have no worries. I eat brownies every other day and I'm still getting healthier. So if there's any way we can help anybody, don't ever be afraid to come ask. Thank you for the bank for this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of CSB Collaborative. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. CSB Collaborative can be found on Apple Music, Spotify, our website, or whatever method you're using to listen to us right now. See you next time. Community Savings Bank is a member FDIC and equal housing lender. Learn more at www.csbiowa.com.